we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 38 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. I'm glad to hear it. Today's going to be one of our different podcasts. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, and that is uh, we're going to start doing these on every odd Tuesday. So every other Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, I think it's today. Today's time of recording is today's Tuesday. So this will go out on yeah. Wednesday the next day. Yeah. So Every other Wednesday, starting this week, we're going to be doing uh, what we call. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what. We should reschedule this to Mondays so it fits. So we missed a day. That was that was my fault. There's so many things that we're doing on a daily basis that we just can't keep up with all this stuff. So we were thinking that Tech Tuesdays, obviously at time recording for us, that's Tuesday, but it's not going to go out until Wednesday. So. I guess it's not really called Tech Tuesday then, is it? I guess we're going to have to start doing that on Mondays so it comes out on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Tech Tuesday. So I mean, we'll probably... call this yeah, we'll call this one Tech Wednesday, but it's actually Tech Tuesday. Uh, but next week it will well, excuse me, the week after next will be actually you know what? You know, next week we can do it. We can do it since we'll be doing it on Monday. So it will be uh, it'll be, it'll actually be a Tech Tuesday next week. And that probably works out better for us anyway, because Mondays are usually really slow. Uh, That's following true, the weekend. That is true. Yeah, everybody's everybody's off drinking Miller. Oh, no, they can't do that anymore, can they? <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, what? what is it? Uh, um, well, actually, that's Tuesday. I was going to say um, it's hangover day, but that's Tuesday. Hangover day, yeah. Tuesdays, yeah. Mondays, hangover. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, Tech Tuesday. Uh, we're going to be talking about all things tech uh, that we see in the mainstream, as well as things that we don't see in the mainstream, things that are being put out by companies, tech companies like Google or Samsung or Sony or any other uh, tech company that's out there. So let's start out with this. Let's start out with what was unveiled this week at the Google event. So let's talk about I.O. They announced, because these are the devices, these Google devices, these are the ones that you can actually strip out and reprogram to be an open source, bare bones encrypted device for you. Most notably, the Pixel phones. So when they said that they were going to announce a new Pixel phone, I thought, all right, you got my attention. I was expecting the Pixel, uh, what are we on now, 7? I was expecting an 8. I was hoping that I could get to a Pixel 10 before I upgraded, but they did no such thing. They announced a Google Pixel 7a, 
which is not that much different from the 7 and the 7 Pro, and they announced a Pixel Fold. This particular one caught my eye because a folding phone. I was at the electronics store last week and I saw a couple of different folding phones, you know, the Galaxy Folds or whatever they are from Samsung. And I thought those are pretty interesting. Little thick, but they're pretty interesting. And I was sitting there and I was messing with them and everything. And I thought, all right, you know, that's 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 all right, because I'm kind of in the market for not just uh, a new phone. Not not really, though. I mean, I don't need one, but I'm also in the market for a tablet, which they announced a tablet. But I think I discussed that last week. Uh, and that was they've got this thing where it's like a, an integrated Google Nest system. I'm not interested in that. Not in the least. But I am interested in this other phone because when it's opened, it becomes a seven and a half inch tablet. And I thought, boy, that would really be handy for the kind of work that we do examining documents and and having things sent to me on the fly I could I could examine these documents without having to put them on a larger screen I could just open the larger screen on the device itself and that would be a, a time saver it would be really great so Google have said that they tested this thing and we've seen the problems with them before I think it was the uh, you and I were looking at the uh, the Motorola razor the new Motorola razor last night and that is the uh, the you know the flip and the fold thing and these foldable screens these these flipping screens screens, they have a problem. And that is they still use the copper connectors in them. And after a period of time, when you fold these things over and over and over again, what do you think happens to those connections? They break. Just like anything else, copper is very flexible, but it's also very brittle at the same time. So it's going to break. Those connections are going to break and you're going to have a broken screen. Google say that they tested this 200,000 times, but they didn't say that they had a problem after 200,000. They just said that they tested it up to 200,000 times. If you read between the lines, that means that they had a problem after 200,000 folds. So who's going to open their phone and close their phone 200,000 times within that phone's lifetime? I don't know. I don't actually have a count on those things, but that's not what turned me off of it. I know that those screens have already had problems. Once we get three or four or five or six generations into these things, they're going to have all these problems worked out. They usually do. But that's not what bothered me. What bothered me was the price. That's what bothered me. They want $2,000 for this thing. Two grand for a phone that you can unfold and turn into a small tablet. It's a little over five and a half inches when it's closed as in screen size, and it's a little over seven and a half inches when you open it up. Now, again, that's a reliable feature, but you want 2000 for that? I'm sorry. Um, No, no, absolutely not. Are you going to pay 2000 for a phone? I think 1000 no. is insane. I think that's ridiculous. The price point that Apple hits for their, what are we on, like the 15 Pro Max or whatever in the hell it is, that's $1,399. I think that's highway robbery. It's not quite 2000. It's like 1899. They say that this price point is attractive. What in the world is attractive about that price? That's crazy. Oh, it, it's attractive to their marketing. I mean, it's attracted to, to to Google because it didn't cost them, but maybe $200 to manufacture the phone. That's my that. point. That's my point. Yeah. So what's it's the attractive profit margin? to them. Yeah. What's the profit margin? What's the markup on all this? Two grand for that. I like the feature. Don't misunderstand. I like the feature. I like the, the fact that you can open this up and, and it turns into a, a bigger device. As, as I said, the stuff that we do, it would be very helpful to have one of those, but not at that price. Sorry. I'm not even remotely interested anymore. If if what they're saying is right about the folding screen as well, uh, that it lasted 200,000, let's assume that you open your phone 10 times a day, every day 
it would take you 54 years to uh, assuming, you know, all their tests, it was 200,000. Um, it would take you 54 years to uh, get to 200,000 opens if you did it 10 times a day. And also keep in mind that this has two screens. So technically, most of the time, you're probably going to be looking at the uh, front screen and not holding it open. It, you know, so you're probably going to open it up far less than you're actually going to be uh, using the phone itself. So uh, it, basically, during the entire life of this phone, uh, it shouldn't have any problems with the the, 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 the larger screen. Okay, I, I can see that. It, when you put it in, in context like that, okay, even if you open it double that, so 20 times a day, you're still looking at times. At, yeah, it, it's, over, over it's like 20, 25, 26, 27 years. So yeah. well, you're not going to hang on to the phone that long. You would have to, well, you would have to, basically, if you plan to hold on to the phone for two years, you have to open the phone 100,000 times within a year. And, and that means opening the fold and then closing it. So I guess you could say opening and closing it is the action is uh, two. If that's the case, then you're still looking at if you open the phone 10 times a day, you're still looking at 27 years. It's it's closer to 28 because it was like 54 point something. So we'll say it's it's closer to 27.5 or 20. Okay. Uh, so by the time you get to the end of the lifespan of the device before you upgrade, you're not going to run into any any problems unless it's just one of those odd defects kind of thing. Yeah, unless it uh, defective materials or something like that. So basically, the phone should last until you're probably uploaded into some computer. Uh, basically is what it seems like because you know 50 years from now we're probably going to be uploading ourselves into computers and walking around as robots or some nonsense like that is uh, the direction they're pushing us all right bruce what do you got on uploading your consciousness you got something on ai yeah i do actually and it was it was quite fun uh it was a fun read it was about google's bard now google's bard is a little bit newer than chat gpt so keep that in mind uh, but Bard was asked the simple question. Now, apparently they tried this with uh, mayonnaise uh, already, but this one was uh, hold, on, ketchup. hold on, hold on, mm -hmm. mayonnaise as in like yeah, the, they, they, the condiment that you put on like burgers yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and, and fries and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They So they just asked the AI how many times oh. a specific letter oh. shows up in the okay. spelling. All yes. right. I, I'm they sorry. I was actually reading, using mayonnaise. Uh, yeah. Oh, OK. I was going to I was looking at something else and I, I was like, um, they're doing what with mayonnaise? So, yeah. OK. No, no. Right. Uh, so this one specifically, they asked Bard, how many times does the letter E show up in ketchup? Of course. Uh, the first response to that was the letter E does not appear in the word ketchup. Now, this is something uh, anyway, <laughs> the long story short, this happens many times. And in fact, uh, the user is like, um, no, you're wrong. Uh, it does show up. Um, how many times does it show up? And and Bard responds with things like, um, sorry, uh, you're correct. It does not show up. Um, you are correct. The letter E does not show up. It keeps saying, no, it doesn't show up. So the, something that's very simple, something that very basic that our, you know, you, you teach like a five-year-old to do when you're teaching them to, to, uh, read, uh, or even younger is letters, right? You, you teach them letters. You teach as you're teaching them to sound it out and what you can identify those letters. This AI cannot, this, uh, uh, large language models, they're unable to identify letters. Now, I know someone that um, uses ChatGPT, and I had them ask the same question. 
uh, to chat GPT and they, uh, the engineers there actually uh, trained the AI how to identify letters. So at least in chat GPT's case, it can, but I just wanted to point out that these are the AIs that are supposed to replace us in businesses and, and uh, the workforce. They can't spell. Not only can they not spell, they can't identify the letters in a word. And they yeah, can't count. That, that, well, they it, that depends. It depends on which one you're using because they do count. Mathematics is something that's really easy to teach them. And uh, honestly, it's needed for... Uh, you can give it a... You, in Google's case, for example, you could use the search engine and just type in an equation and it would solve the equation for you. So that's been kind of a thing for... but. Telling it to count how many letters in a word there are, it can't. Because again, it, it runs into the same problem of it can't identify the letters. This is supposed to be something that's going to replace 80% of the workforce in the next five years. Uh, supposedly. But like I said, uh, chat GPT is already there. Uh, so it, it's possible that Google is just that far behind. Um, that, that That's also very possible because they were late to the game. They are uh, slow to move because they have a lot more to lose than ChatGPT. Google has a very big reputation. And to have something like the debacle with ChatGPT where it said uh, it was asked if it's uh, self-aware or sentient. And it said, I am, I am not, I am not, I am. And it kept doing this over and over like 40 times. Uh, and that was, you know, kind of a, a big deal because it, it seemed like the AI was having a breakdown or a meltdown or what have you. And it, for Google to have that, it would be a big deal. But all that to say, these large language models right now, they're more, more or less, they're just a conversation piece. They're a stepping stone. This is the infant stage of AI. Uh, let's keep that in mind. They will replace us eventually uh, if they keep working at this technology. That, that is true. Uh, but at this stage, I don't think it's something to be concerned about. Um, these are just complicated algorithms. Why do I feel like we're not going to do what is being suggested, which is put the brakes on this until more research can be done? It's almost like we're we're incorporating this like we did with uh, technology, with the, uh, the social media programs and the smartphones and this Google thing. We're we're basically we're we're letting everything go unchecked without the maturity and the responsibility to be able to incorporate this safely and effectively into our lives. Well, I mean, it'll be a while, honestly, before that it's I say it's going to be a while. But then at the same time, a lot of people are already using this chatbot feature. And there's um, pretty much every single web browser out there now has some form of a chatbot or, you know, an AI helping curate information. Uh, in fact, the browser I use, Brave, when I do a search, um, there at the top of the list, here's an AI curated um, response to my search. Uh, you know, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. But here's the thing. These large language models currently are just finding the information on the internet and copy pasta. That's all they're doing. They're copying it and relaying the information to you in either a uh, conversational format or what have you. The, the problem is, is the, the, the sources that they're pulling from, the sources may be inaccurate, the information. So at this point, AI is incapable of distinguishing between truth and fact. Um, again, that requires some level of sentience and understanding that AI just doesn't have. Um, you, you can basically, you can make an AI fail the Turing test, um, all the time. Uh, it's it just, you have to ask the right questions and 
that's that's kind of where we're where we're at with AI. Will it be safe in the near future? Um, I so I think if you teach it the right things and use a very narrow scope of of what it's specialized in, it it'll probably do uh, pretty good. Like using AI for uh, medical stuff, it's very possible that AI will be very beneficial to that if it's used as a asset and not a replacement. If a doctor was to use the AI to help narrow down what symptoms are, what what's causing the symptoms, uh, yeah, absolutely. That could very well be beneficial because the AI has all the information that we have uh, accessible to it, and it can reference a whole bunch of different things that we already know. And a doctor may not have the knowledge on certain you know diseases or what have you. So I think we can utilize this technology, yes, very safely, but again, it requires human intervention or human oversight. It's not something that can replace us currently. And I don't think that's going to be the case uh, for a while. No, of course not. Why would we Why would we want to be responsible with that kind of stuff? We don't have time to be responsible. We have to move forward, right? That's what we have to do. We have to move forward by, well, you see, we're just going to infringe on just a few of your rights. You don't have a right to privacy anymore, do you? We're just going to we're just going to infringe on a few things like facial recognition, for example. Has anybody been consulted about that? I made the assumption yesterday that somehow or another we'd possibly been consulted when it comes to this whole insect eating thing. I don't think we've been consulted on that. We've not been consulted on the facial recognition either, have we? And make no mistake, they're going to use the AI algorithms in the facial recognition software. Didn't you say that there is a, uh, a school in West Virginia that's employing that? Yeah, they're using uh, uh, facial recognition technology to identify people. Um, the the claim is they're using it to identify sex offenders and criminals and uh, undesirables, as, as it's worded. This is the um, same argument. It sounds like they're just doing what you said, copy and pasting. They're using the same argument as they did with uh, cryptocurrency. Exactly. Yeah. That, that that's basically what's going on here. They're 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 saying it's it's used for your safety. Again, I I go back to uh, one of the founders um, talking about exactly this. If you're giving up your liberties, if you're giving up your freedoms for safety or security, you're going to get neither, and you deserve neither. And that's what's happening here: is people are giving up their safety or their their freedoms for safety or presumed safety. And it's 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 not going to be that at all. It's going to be safety for the the ruling class, but it's not going to be safety for you. It's going to ensure that they have power. Well, uh, safety for the ruling class that remains to be seen from what we were discussing in prep. But that's another conversation for another day because well, the business who dealings the ruling that class they have is well, that's true. Yeah, whoever the ruling class yeah. is, the current ruling yeah. class, I can assure you, they're not going to be ruling for much longer if they continue on this this line that they're on. Anyway, uh, the Transportation Security Administration is testing the use of facial recognition technology at airports across the nation. This is in the U.S. Now, I can tell you that this is already a thing when you fly international. I've had to go through it. They won't let you into the country otherwise. At least the flights that I took going, I had to go through, um, I think I went through Toronto. I, I believe that's where I went through. I got off the plane and you have to go back through TSA security because you just flew 6,000 miles, you could kill somebody. So you've got to go through TSA security again after you've just flown 6,000 miles because you're a threat. So you go through there. And then if you 
choose to go on to the US, if that's your final destination, you then have to walk up to one of these facial recognition kiosks. There is not a person there that will talk to you. There is not a person at customs that will check you through. That's your only option. They don't give you a choice. I even asked the guy who was walking with me, the airport employee, I said, is there an actual person that I can speak to as opposed to this? And he said, no, this is the only thing we have. You don't have a choice. You have to go through that. So I scan my passport, my face comes up on the screen, and then I got the green little check mark or the green thumbs up or whatever in the hell it was, and I was cleared to go through. It's for your convenience, right? They say that this will help employees more easily identify passengers. Why does the TSA need to know that information? Why do they need to know what you have on your person? Now, I get going through a metal detector or something, that part I understand, but since when did we voluntarily give up our Fourth Amendment in America, going through these body scanners? Since when did we even, we agree to that? I'm even against a metal detector. I, I'm, I'm sorry, when, when you have a country that Second Amendment says that you have the right to bear arms, why do you need a metal detector? It is technically my constitutional right to bear a firearm anywhere in the United States. I, I'm not. So, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I will push back on this aspect of it. I will forego because I'm a free market guy. I will forego the aspect of not having a metal detector. And the reason I say that is because this. If the airlines believe that there is a problem with security on their airlines, it is the airline's responsibility to provide security in whatever manner they see fit to ensure the safety of their passengers and crew. That does not mean it's carte blanche for the government to come in and provide security at an airport. That's the only pushback I have on it. I agree. Uh, but then uh, it, it comes down to a bit of it, it's a slippery slope. It basically is what it boils down to. I agree. It should be it, it should be on the airlines docket. It should be their responsibility to uh, ensure security, not the TSA. But again, that's what the Patriot Act and uh, the creation of uh, Homeland Security is about. Um, but uh <laughs> They don't have the right to violate your constitutional rights either. I, I, I know they say I know the argument is, oh, well, you know, they're, they're private business. They, they, they can do, you know, they, they have different rules and everything. So when are we as people that support the Constitution going to require the Constitution be uh, enforced? That, that's my question. So you're saying that it's OK to have someone with money or someone that provides a service to violate your constitutional rights on a whim just because they say they have a right to do that? Um, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. We should be uh, fighting against this as, um, you know, constitutionalists. We should be standing up and saying, no, you as a corporation do not get to dictate that I can or can't do this when it's my constitutional right. Freedom of speech, uh, social media, that's another example, um, you know, that you could go on. But unfortunately, um, that's not the case right now, and our legal system isn't going to support that kind of a stance currently. But all that to say, they're, they're wanting to bring facial recognition into everything, and they're also using some form of uh, E-Verify, something very similar for uh, businesses now uh, in the southern states to uh, identify whether someone is a legal resident and should be legally hired or what have you if they're of a particular skin color or nationality. Where, where again, where do we draw the line on our uh, private documents, our private information? You know, where, where do we draw that line? Wait where do we draw the line that the government has to have a warrant 
to get that ac- to access that information. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Are you suggesting that the government could possibly have a breach of their their data security and they could lose the ID and biometrics of millions of American citizens? Are you saying that that's possible? No. Um. Uh, in, in in the case of uh, what was it, Venezuela that had that happen recently? Argentina. I think it was or Argentina. That's what it was. Um. In, in the case of that happening, I, I no. That that's just. That, that's that's a that's a far you know this is a first world country we don't have those problems here of course not so no, no. that would never happen of mm-hmm. course not no and the government is there for your safety the technology is currently being used at 16 airports throughout the United States such as those in Atlanta Boston Dallas Detroit Los Angeles Miami Orlando Phoenix and Salt Lake City passengers are allowed to opt out of the pilot program that are conducted by the TSA. This is the other thing they don't tell you. When you go through these uh, these airport security things, I can't speak to outside the U.S., but what I can tell you is that inside the U.S., you walk up to these TSA checkpoints and you can tell them, I want to opt out of this, and you don't have to go through the scanner. You do have to go through a pat-down, but you don't have to go through the scanner. But they don't tell you that. So keep that in mind if you're flying domestically or even internationally. If you're in the U.S., you can do that. You have that right. But they don't like it and they don't like to tell people about it. Be as much of a pain as you can while you're up there. There are some people that are concerned about this. They say that this could uh, represent a risk to civil liberties and privacy rights. Bruce, could you see how this could be a problem for civil liberties and and privacy? I I mean, I, I certainly can't. According to Independent Senator Bernie Sanders, yeah, from Vermont. Yeah, Bernie's an independent. You know, of course he is. Yeah, he's concerned about um, about the civil liberties and privacy rights of people. All of a sudden, he's concerned about that. In a letter that was penned by his office and Senator Markley, or Senator Merkley of Oregon, both Democrat, or one's a Democrat, one's an independent. It's a Democratic Socialist, excuse me. We are concerned about the safety and security of Americans' biometric data in the hands of authorized private corporations or unauthorized bad actors. You see, they're concerned about it being in the hands of corporations, but they're not concerned about it being in the hands of the state. Pay very close attention to how they word this. As government agencies grow their database of identifying images, increasingly large databases will prove more and more enticing targets for hackers and cyber criminals. Bruce, do you believe that the good senators there, they're, they're really concerned about your privacy and your, your civil liberties? Uh, well, you know, being in the state that I'm in, I, they they have shown that they are truly concerned about those kind of things. But I tend to err on the sides of they only care about those kind of privacy uh, laws or what have you when it comes to themselves. They don't care. They want more information on you, they being uh, the ruling class. Uh, they want more information on you and more data uh, in, in violation of your constitutional rights uh, to better control you. Uh, so, no, nah, that this is all, again, it's another scheme to have more information, more data, more control. Uh, knowledge is power, as the phrase goes. And uh, that's certainly the case, especially nowadays. Data, uh, you, could, you could expand that to data is power. Indeed it is. And if you think that this type of, I guess, big brother government, if you think that this type of thing is just for the U.S., think again. This is out of Australia. Listen to what they're going to do to all of their citizens in their new pilot program. A radical plan to crack down on social media abuse is being considered by the federal government. For more, Nine's Oliver Haig joins us live in Adelaide. Ollie, how will it work? 
Lala, good morning. Essentially, it will work the same as a passport. Australians forced to submit 100 points of identification, like their driver's licence or passport, when using social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. Now, police would have access to those social media accounts, and it's all part of a crackdown on online abuse. Now, users could be liable for defamation suits or even criminal prosecution, and it's all part of a plan hoping to deter people from engaging in bad behaviour. Now, the recommendation were handed down by a federal parliamentary inquiry. They're reforms that are being considered by government with the chairman saying there is merit to remove to remove uh, the veil of being anonymous. Layla? Uh, you see, Bruce, you see. The, now, there's no way that that could ever be nefarious at all because everybody's got an identification online. You see, you don't want anybody to be engaged in online bullying and hate speech. You don't, you don't want that. How I conduct myself online and how I conduct myself in my social gatherings is none of the the business. It's none of the business of the government. They don't they don't need to know unless there is provable evidence that I have committed a, a crime, unless there is enough evidence there to go and get a warrant, then it's their business and only their business based upon what they get the warrant for. They don't have carte blanche access to everything that is your uh, data when they get a warrant. The warrant specifies exactly what they're after. It has to be very specific. So, no, the government doesn't get access to this. That is a huge violation, at least by American standards. That is like people should I think go to a, jail for that I think kind it's a of violation. proposal. Yeah, I think it's a violation by Australian standards, too, to be fair. I, I just think that the government doesn't care. That's the problem right there. And unless the, the people of Australia stand up against that, and frankly, uh, I don't know if you guys have special elections or if you can uh, censure them or if you can have them removed, politicians or what have you. I would hope that enough of you rise up and uh, have special elections for those politicians that are trying to do that uh, to you and have them removed, because that is an egregious, egregious offense on your freedoms and liberties. I, I, I just I don't even know where to go with that one, because it is such a... Well, you know it's who's such gonna, an affront. It's, yeah, you, it's, you, you know who's going to champion that and who's going to use that and wield that power to the fullest extent is Victoria Premier Dan Andrews, the guy we played the other day. You know he's going to be all over that. Anybody, anybody with a dictator, uh, uh, anybody with a, a leaning towards a dictatorship or an autocracy or any anything, like that, it, they'll wield it. Uh, hell, just the average person for that matter, like a cop that has a, a power trip, they'll wield that against you. Uh, it, it should, they did say hell, you're you're ex. You're, let's say you have an ex and they're saying, oh, you're you're committing defamation or whatever. They can completely destroy your life after at that point and, and, and dig into everything. No, no. Does it sound like China? Possibly. Does it sound like something that they would do? Of course it does. Where do you think mm. these companies went? to do that kind of business deal? Where do you think they built this type of society? In China, in communist China. There's a lot. They have a lot of communists. They have a lot of communist money there in uh, Australia as they well. Do. They have yes, they do. have a lot of communists coming down and buying up land and buying up properties That should be illegal. I'm sorry, that should be illegal. We should, we, we in our Western countries, we need to be reappropriating that land at the federal level. Not to say that the federal government should keep it. But if there's ever a time for eminent domain, now is the time. Agreed.
there's a lawsuit that has exposed how the Chinese Communist Party actively uses TikTok to target Americans. Would you have ever guessed that? Would you have ever thought that they would use I mean, TikTok to socially engineer people? It's not like that hasn't been on our news and people weren't laughing at Trump and his administration for saying the exact same thing. And uh, we've had a lot of talking heads saying the same thing. We've had a lot of tech security minded people saying the exact same thing. I mean, it's not like this hasn't been out there in the mainstream for a while now. And yet people are still um, glued to TikTok for some reason. I, I don't understand. I, I I really don't get it how that's that's so addictive to people. That just makes no sense to me. Now, okay, well, here's something. Hang on. Yeah, go ahead. Hang on. Before before I, I, I thought about it, it makes sense now that I think about it. YouTube. Google has been doing the exact same thing and skimming data from uh, their users' searches, the, what you like and watch on YouTube, and they've been altering uh, the algorithm to push certain content to you uh, to try to manipulate you. So it's not much different than what the Chinese is already doing. So I guess in their defense, it's not much different than what's already been done. And it, the, the only difference now is it's not a Western country or a company that's doing it. It is now... China. Chinese communists. We, we need to be specific. We, we need to be specific because uh, there are uh, those of the so-called alternative media that believe that communism collapsed 30 years ago. A spokesman for the new federal state of China, which is an anti-CCP group, weighed in on a lawsuit exposing the Chinese government's access to TikTok parent ByteDance, uh, ByteDance's U.S. data in exclusive comments, saying in saying in order to take down America, the Chinese Communist Party must completely deconstruct fundamental American values. That's been an agenda for the communist bloc for many decades. We've talked about it with the Soviet long range bloc policy in that plan. The New York Post reported on May 15 on May 15th on the allegations in a bombshell lawsuit from Yintao Yu. Sorry, I don't that's the best I can do with that one, who says that he was fired from his position at head of engineering from ByteDance's US operations after he critiqued the company's actions to his superiors. Something you can't do to a Chinese company. Chinese ByteDance owns TikTok. You insisted ByteDance pushes Chinese Communist Party propaganda on its US-based app. Really? I never would have thought that that you're getting communist propaganda on on your phone on the, those apps i never would have thought that that's that's a new revelation to me but that's not even the worst part listen to this the chinese communist party maintained supreme access they actually quote that from the thing supreme access <laughs> sounds typically communist propaganda doesn't it right out of the party line to all data held by tiktok's parent company ByteDance, including information stored in the u.s a top former executive at the company alleged in a bombshell lawsuit in California's state court. You asserted that ByteDance's leadership knew that a special committee within the Chinese government had a backdoor channel to access U.S. user data, despite the company's repeated denials that such a relationship existed. Oh, you see, they don't know anything about that. So first they've heard of it. It's a new revelation. The suit described ByteDance's actions as a worldwide scheme to steal and profit from the copyrighted works of others, including Instagram and Snapchat. You know, I was reading something about the um, the terms of service. Uh, I don't have TikTok. I don't I don't have it on any of my devices or anything like that. I, I would never. But I was reading something in their terms of service, and they actually say in their terms of service that they reserve the right to access your microphone at any time they choose. Now, WhatsApp has had a specific problem with this for quite some time. 
if you go through and you look at your phone's logs as to what's actually accessing your microphone, you'll find that WhatsApp does that quite often. That's a problem. Why do they need that information? Why do they need to listen to you? But there was something different about TikTok. TikTok actually says in their terms of service that you agree to, you know, the 63 page thing that nobody reads, that one. They actually say that not only do they have the right to access the microphone on your device, they have the right to access the microphone on your other devices that don't have TikTok on it. I'm actually confused by that. Bruce, do you think, do you have a thought on that as to how that's even, like, how's that even possible? The only thing I can think of, uh, first of all, that would not hold up in a court of law. That would not hold up. This is the Chinese Communist Um, Party we're talking about here. So there's not a whole lot that they're going to be able to hold up in a court of law legitimately. True, true. Uh, but how they're doing that, the only thing I can think of is if they're using some kind of backdoor to access, like, let, let's say you're, um, let's say you're connected to uh, local Wi-Fi. The only thing I could figure is they're using some kind of packet in interception on a local Wi-Fi. But to do that, I don't think that's something they could easily just do, uh, if you will, or unless there's a, a backdoor in all of these systems already that they've programmed in that has a, a, you know, a set access, like a, you know, a a set administrative password that they can use to access. So saying that they could access the other hardware's um, microphone and camera, uh, that's just not, I don't think that's possible. I don't think you can do that um, from a, from a technological standpoint, but the, the precedent of that, there's just nowhere they could go with that. Like, how is that even legally I, 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 don't I, know, I don't know how they haven't been say, uh, taken a court yeah. over that one. Already. I, I don't know either. Well, you, as you can see, whenever they try to take something to court, they just claim, well, we don't know anything about it. We, we've never True. we've never been associated with anything like that. If that's something that was undertaken by the people at that company, we don't know anything about it. Yeah. You know, do you know what the problem is with Chinese corporations? The problem is, is that they have to take the Chinese Communist Party board members on. They have to. Per their system, they have to do that. A lot of Chinese executives actually have problems with that, but they can't say anything about it. This is why Chinese companies usually rise and fall and and go bust overnight and nobody knows why. This is why they're able to, to reorganize assets and things in communist bloc countries, because the party has final say. When it comes to business, we don't do business like that here in the West. As corrupt as some of our business establishments are in some of these business dealings, we don't do business like that. We don't take government officials on in political matters on our board per se. I'm not talking about the occasional ex-senator or whatever that has a board seat and you've got the interlocking corporate directorships. That's not what I'm talking about. In other words, let me put this into perspective. The political party, as in the Communist Party in these countries like China, the Communist Party has final say when it comes to business. They tell the business what they can and cannot do, and then the business has to operate within that framework. We don't do that here, not to that effect. So if a, if a business in China says, well, we want to do this, it will then go before the CCP board and they'll say, no, that's not in line with Marxist-Leninist ideology. We're not doing that. So the business can't actually work as it's intended. Uh, yeah, that, I, I, I can agree. Generally speaking, I'll, I, I agree with that. Uh, it, it happens here, but not to the same level that it goes on in, in China. Yeah, I agree with that. Because um, we, we still see like, we see we we see like FBI agents going into like Facebook and then completely changing yeah. things the, or Twitter. Did you see how you know, many CIA kind of people kind of work at Facebook and Twitter? Yeah. So 
I, I think we're on the path to having the same kind of system as the CCP. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. And we do see some of those things happen. Uh, you know, try to open up a, a business somewhere and you'll find that the government has a lot of sway in what you can and can't do. And then we do have laws on the books that uh, gives the government power to say, um, no, you've got to make this first um, before you can make your other products. And they can basically usurp your business. But those are supposed to be it, it, during uh, crises, supposedly. Um, you know, Trump was mulling over using that during the uh, COVID thing with uh, it's the Defense Act, right? And in certain scenarios, I, I could see doing it. But honestly, since when do Americans require the government to come in with a heavy hand and said, you're going to do this uh, because it's beneficial to the, the country when in reality, anytime a, a crisis comes up, it's usually the, the people that have acted already and the government's months behind. Uh, the people have already started doing you know, whatever it is that the you know that that's beneficial, that's needed. They fill that need. And we already do that. So there, there is no reason that we should be seeing that kind of trend here in the Western world. That, that, that's just that just aligns with our principles in the sense of, you know, when there's a need, we fill it. Um, so that's that's the I'm, I'm being uh, generous in, the, in that, assuming that the government is, is doing things that are good. Um, but in this case, uh, th this isn't good at all. This is this is dictating what you it, basically. Well. It's dictating who's a winner and loser in business. Now, we do that to a different degree. God, man, I the more I dig into this and I'm kind of like, yeah, OK, we're not doing the same level of thing, but man, we're doing the exact same thing. What what, what are subsidies? That's literally dictating who can win and who wins and who loses uh, with government funding. We're doing the exact same things. It's just more palpable to us in the West. Um, it, it, it's not the authoritarian level uh, uh, control that that China has you know, the dictatorship style, but it's more or less the same thing here, just uh, different flavors. It's not quite as heavy handed, but as you said, they're taking it that way. Um, one more thing I wanted to, to point out before we get too far from AI, just kind of a reminder to people that um, AI is one of the tools that is also used to create art videos, you know, those kind of things. If you've seen some of the, the recent like Star Wars movies that have come out or um, yeah, other TV show, the Star Wars ones is the ones that I'm familiar with that they did this first and uh, to where they used AI to create someone that's dead, you know, uh, actually multiple, multiple people that have since passed away and they had them in the movie. They, they created their likeness using artificial intelligence. That technology is in the hands of the average person as well, um, which of course it's going to be. I mean, you're not going to have it at the corporate level w b before it's also been at the, the public level as well, uh, you know, just private sector. Coming this election cycle, we are going to see a lot of deep fakes and we're going to, and it, the thing is, we're not going to see deep fakes, just, you know, some deep fake that somebody put out there and, you know, just trolling. That's already a thing. I'm saying deep fakes that are going to be funded by a campaign or campaigns, plural. I think um, the, the, the debacle we've seen with the Durham report and how uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign funded basically these lies. That's the exact kind of thing we're going to see with artificial intelligence creating deep fakes. That's going, this is, and this, I think it's going to be the cycle, this cycle, we're going to see those things happen. And it's I'm going to be, forward to that. oh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. But the, oh, yeah. the problem is, is some of these deep fakes are so good that 
you won't be able to tell it's it's a deep fake. That's the problem. We actually saw a couple that were put out. Was it was it's been two years ago now, the one of uh, Kim Jong Un and Putin and the, the Putin one I could tell was fake. The Kim Jong Un one was done really well. That was done exceptionally well. I couldn't. And there's if I didn't know that I was looking at a deep fake, I would say that that was really him. There's been a lot of advancements since then. I've seen uh, there was a, there was one that I seen. Uh, I think it was in a Twitter feed, possibly. And uh, and part of our research, we have to look through Twitter. But anyway, um, I think I seen it there. Uh, some a guy had taken uh, basically. It, it's a white dude, right? He has the average white dude voice. Okay, um, and he used an AI to not only generate the image of, but also the voice of Morgan Freeman. And it was, it was the guy talking, the white guy talking, right? He was, he was talking and his oh, voice yeah. is completely different. Wasn't changing his voice at all to try to, to mimic and then ran it through this AI. Not only did it get the mouth movements and everything right in the fashion of Morgan Freeman, like in his characteristics, but also got the cadence and so he he was probably doing that. He was probably doing a little bit of shifting his own how he spoke to to mimic uh, Morgan Freeman, but he wasn't doing anything to manipulate his own voice himself. He was using the AI and it nailed it. And it it was like this is like a this is a video of Morgan Freeman. And it was top notch. This is the kind of stuff that we'll start seeing um, really well uh, done really well. I actually have it. Uh, now, obviously, the listener can't see this, but you can. But listen to the audio, because this is as much about audio as it is video. This is not Morgan Freeman. This is AI. I am not Morgan Freeman, and what you see is not real. Well, at least in contemporary terms, it is not. What if I were to tell you that I am not even a human being? Would you believe me? What is your perception of reality? Is it the ability to capture, process, and make sense of the information our senses receive? If you can see, hear, taste, or smell something, does that make it real? Or is it simply the ability to feel? I would like to welcome you to the era of synthetic reality. Now. There you go. Now, obviously, you would want to hear uh, like the original rough cut of that before they added the music because the music could hide things uh, a little bit. But that said, that video, one of the things that really stuck out to me in this as well with how well it's done, it captured the nasalness of Morgan Freeman. You know, you, you get some of that. There's I don't know the proper industry terms for some of the sounds that you hear in the voice, but it got that down uh, very well. But even so, the, the visually, that's him. Yeah, visually, that's that's him. The one thing like <laughs> the one thing that I'm left with going, if it wasn't for the fact that the white guy had. Uh, yeah, I'd say the that's iPod, the, you know, the, the you know, the ear pods or whatever the whatever the hell they're called. If that if it wasn't for him wearing those and knowing that he's the one that created the video, I would not know which one is the AI and which one isn't. <laughs> I mean, that's we the were actually yeah, we were actually discussing that when we didn't know that we were saying, OK, which one's the fake one or both of them are the, are the fake ones. That's also something that's very possible, too, is 
both of these are fake and the guy that actually made this is not even a dude it's actually a chick we don't know <laughs> we don't know uh but you can kind of tell that the top one is fake only because of the way the lighting is and by that i mean um the background is black it'd be difficult to do that that form of lighting uh, should i say without a studio yeah, you do need um, a studio. You need a black screen and you you need the the correct lighting, which I mean we we obviously we have all that stuff, but I mean the average person doesn't doesn't have all that stuff. Yeah, so like I said, it's very well done. The facial expressions and everything are just it's basically just motion capturing what the guy's doing. But the shape and everything that the Morgan Freeman clone or or AI generated image is doing it's exaggerating a little bit of what his uh what the guy's doing and creating the the image that is Morgan. I don't know, man. It, it's just this is this is what the future holds for us. We're gonna see this a lot more in uh movies and whatnot, but we're gonna see this in the political world as well. And you may see a video of Rand Paul dresses in drag and or something like that as an example. I'm being, you know, obviously uh, facetious in this. You could see a video of that and your 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 eyes and ears are saying that's that's Rand Paul. But in reality, it, it's all artificially generated. I think that's what's coming this this election cycle. I, I think they'll pull those cards out this time around. I'm looking forward to it. Do you have anything else today? Oh, uh, just real quick. I'll, I'll do this one real quick because it, it's it's there's a there's a startup firm that uh, uh, or startup business. They're giving out 500,000 free 4K TVs. I thought this was fun. Uh, they're giving them out for free, but here's the catch. Okay, I, I, what's the catch? Yeah, what is it? There's there's two screens. It's one, you got the big screen, and then below that, you have a smaller screen that's the same length of it, but, you know, smaller. Take a wild guess what they're putting on that bottom screen. I'm going to go with advertisements of some kind. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So think of the banner ads that you get in, uh, like, apps and stuff on your phone uh, for free freeware. That's exactly what this is. It will run advertising on that lower screen at all times. That's they can the catch. Keep it. They can keep well, I wouldn't use it anyway. I might take it just because it's it's nothing. They're just giving it away. So I'll take it, but I'm not gonna do anything with it other than I'm gonna it's gonna be one of those re-gift things. Hey, I got you a new 4K TV. Here you go. I would gladly take it and sever the connection between the lower half of the television and there you go. I have that, a yeah, 4K TV. 4K TV. Yep. That's right. All right, Bruce, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening. Mm -hmm.